Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galante along with Dustin Hawkinsmith, and it is quarter number three of our looking through the decade of the aughts. The first decade of the 2000s, Dusty. And we got through like the first half of the decade. We saw the dark years. Four out of five seasons were losing years. That one bright light of 2002 was a lot of fun. Larry Johnson was incredible. We had again 2003 and 4, awful seasons, culminating with Iowa loss 6 to 4. And at this point, you mentioned, Dusty, this is the time when people were looking to say, has just time passed Joe Paterno? Is it time to retire and hand the uh, team over? What are your memories of that? Do you go back that far to remember that era? Well, yeah, I mean, I, I graduated in 2004, and um, so I was I was there working with working for the university uh, in the press box, just you know, box scores and quotes, all that type of stuff. That's when I got I started my career in sports information, and that was like the start of start of that too. Um, so I didn't really look at these seasons from a a real critical perspective. I was on I was on the Penn State team at that point in time. Like I was working for the school, I was going to school there. Um, but yeah, I mean, you you, you it's kind of hard to ignore the that that narrative starting to take over because you just didn't know where they were going and what the formula was, and there just didn't seem like there was any kind of grand turnaround about to happen. But you know that's exactly what ended up transpiring then is is a a 2005 season for for sure and I'll let you kind of do the introduction on, on all that but also the 2005 recruiting class was a narrative shifting recruiting class with really t- the the two headliners uh Derek Williams and Justin King to get two of the the top you know 10 or 15 best players in America to come to Penn State at that moment in time as much as anything else i think the the impact of of that class and those two guys might be overblown in in the grand scheme of things. But what they did was inspire hope and excitement and optimism and make you feel like there was a turnaround coming. And boy, people didn't have to wait very long to see the fruits of all that. You make a good point about whether that was exaggerated or not, because prior to the season, the story was that um, administration was looking to make a change, sat down with Joe, and Joe essentially said, look, we're this recruiting class away from being good. Now, whether it's all on that recruiting class, which obviously did make a, an instant impact and make a difference, I'm not sure it made, you know, from 4-7 and seven to 11-1 and one difference, but there was a new attitude, uh, a, just a whole new way after you had four losing seasons out of five in the first half of the decade, this brought on... Besides eleven and one, it was followed by nine and four, nine and four, eleven and two, and eleven and two, which it gave the impression Penn State was back. But I remember thinking at the time, you know, may not be fair to call it fool's gold, but you had you know someone approaching eighty years old leading your team, and it's going to be you know it's 
a young man's game. Now, I'm not sure how old Nick Saban is currently, but he's winning national championships every year. He's not having good teams. He's having great teams, okay? And that's the difference. But let, let's talk about this 2005, um, um, yes, the 2005 season. They finished 11-1. and one, And we mentioned the other terrible losses to people like Toledo and 6-4 against Iowa. But just as tough to take, the Michigan game that year, the only loss of the season, they were the Michigan game away from being undefeated. Late in the game, Michael Robinson gets the ball back with no timeouts, marches them the length of the field. He runs in for the touchdown. He converted on fourth down, makes it 25-21 Penn State. And to this day, I still feel Michael Robinson does not get his due overall, and partially because of what happened after that. That would have been a legendary drive in Penn State football history. But then Michigan... Steve Breston runs the ball back to almost midfield. Should they have kicked off to him was the question there. They end up, there's a very controversial place where Lloyd Carr, I think, calls timeout and then lobbies to get two more seconds put on the clock. And Michigan eventually scores. There was an incomplete pass. They were on about the 12-yard line. Incompletion. There were six seconds to go. After that play, lo and behold, there's still one second on the clock. It didn't tick off. One more play, and that's where Michigan scores the touchdown to win. Perhaps the most controversial two seconds in Penn State football history. But I think what gets forgotten is earlier in that drive, and this is still an era where they started doing instant replay, a Michigan receiver with the official right on top of the play on the sideline. The Michigan receiver catches it. His toe hits the ground first inbounds. And as his foot, rest of his foot lands, it's clearly out of bounds. He's out of bounds. We, we have an expression for that play, Dustin. It's called an incompletion. It was not even reviewed. To this and I day, think- could you tell I'm bitter? Well, I mean, can't you, and I was watching the game live, um, but can't you just feel it when, when that occurs and when the two second things, uh, things occur, like there was just a feeling like, I mean, whatever, however this ends, it's probably going to end with Michigan in the end zone. Like it, it's, it just seems like there, there are, there are bigger forces at play than, than the two teams on on the field. That's how it felt. It did. And. You know, I'm often asked when I talk to uh, other football fans, especially Big Ten football fans, that we at Penn State are too sensitive when we bring up these games. But how come it always happens the same way? How is it that the clock hits zero, the play clock, and about five seconds later, Ohio State kicks the field goal, you know, and there's no flag? How is it? I, and I have somewhere in my uh, on my phone, Dustin, a picture, a screen capture from Penn State kicking the ball off and called offsides against Wisconsin. And it's clear no one is even close to offsides. It's all these mystery calls. You know, Ohio State completes a bounce pass, and it's called a good completion. Or instant replay is malfunctioning at a certain time. 
I'm venting now, aren't I, Dustin? But well, here's here's the thing. Like, look, every every college, every fan of every college or pro team thinks their team gets the short end of the penalty stick. But we're not really talking about this long list of examples that are 50-50 calls that just went the other team's direction. These are bizarre, uh, bizarre things that unfold. That that just they're not 50-50 but they seem to go against Penn State anyway. And I would venture to say, you know, never having really put myself in the shoes of, let's say, a Michigan fan or somebody who covers Michigan or whatever, uh, you know, I'm just using Michigan as an, as an example. Uh, I would venture to say that this list stacks up not so favorably with, with some of these other programs' lists of, of shortcomings. Like, these two things in, th- in this game, in this moment, uh, the two seconds thing, you know, it just kind of it just kind of feels like it figures it goes against Penn State. You know, that's just, that's just how, how it feels. It, exactly, and I think the feeling is that if you're part of the Big Ten elite, if you're Ohio State or if you're Michigan, and you're the team playing for the undefeated season— Amazingly, the calls go your way. And here, this was not a great Michigan team. This was not an undefeated Michigan team or even a one-loss Michigan team. And in normal circumstances, it's kind of like, you know, in the pandemic year where they had the rules, you had to play X number of games to qualify for the Big Ten championship game. Well, if they followed their own rules, Indiana would have been in that championship game. But wait a minute, that affects Ohio State. Gee, this doesn't make sense, this rule, because if Ohio State had beat them head-to-head, so even if Ohio State played one more game and lost it, they would still go. So, But you know what? Those aren't the rules. But we'll figure out how to make the rules benefit. So when you see a game like this at that time, as a Penn State fan, you, you have to wonder, you know, what's going on and is there more happening? At the very least, home cooking, you know, playing at Michigan for that game, Dusty. Yeah, for for sure. It's it's hard not to feel that way when when you can see it unfolding before your eyes and you're thinking like, oh my God, this is happening, isn't it? And then it does happen. Uh, and it's it's hard it's hard to forget that. Now I do want to make sure we don't have a lot of time left. I do want to make sure that a you know uh, we're able to appreciate the season for what it was and and the way that it was capped with Joe Joe Paterno versus Bobby Bowden in the Orange Bowl and that one going into three overtimes. That wasn't a great Florida State team, but Penn State won that bowl game and kind of punctuated this season that yeah it had that one disappointment but you punctuated it with a, with a with a big win you're holding a trophy full of oranges like that was a meaningful moment i also just wanted to point out just my you know how i'll always remember michael robinson is the guy who every time there was a third and somewhat manageable he seemed to be good for it you know that variable for for this team uh, was immense. You know his numbers were great. He ran for 800 plus yards and 11 touchdowns. But him and these it, between his athleticism and his grit, his ability to throw it and run it, it just felt like Penn State was always going to move the chains, and they did. You know, there's a top 10 total defense, top 13 uh, total offense. You know, that loss, of course, you'll remember it, but um, just a really, you know, a wonderful season in the grand scheme of Penn State football. And, you know, looking back on history, exactly what 
they needed, exactly what Joe Paterno needed, at exactly the right time, and then it did, as you pointed out earlier, give way to a pretty good little run of success in the late in the late aughts. Okay, you're right, and I appreciate you bringing that up and getting me off my thing. That's the problem. When I get started on that kind of game, it's hard to stop, Dusty, but you're right about Michael Robinson. He had the ability to will his team to victory, and as I pointed out in that game, him going the length of the field, completing a fourth down pass, running over somebody to score that touchdown. Now, that was on first down, but... You just knew he was going to get his team in the end zone there. Um, one of the, again, I think underappreciated Nittany Lions over time, and he was a great football player. Not necessarily great quarterback, great football player. Dustin, that's it for quarter number three. And the aughts, stick around. We've got a special guest coming in quarter number four. Hi, this is Ted Brand. I'm a member of the Penn State Board of Trustees, and I'm up for re-election along with Barb Duran and Bill Olsey. And one of our goals is, again, to freeze or even reduce tuition. And the way to do that is cut costs and get more students at the Commonwealth campuses, which would generate as much as $180 million. Re-elect trustees Ted Brown, Bill Olsey, and Barbara Duran. Vote trustee ballot positions 238. Request your ballot at trustees.psu.edu. What defines the special spirit of Penn State? Why Penn State by author Greg Woodman looks to Happy Valley in the 1980s for answers. Featuring rare photos, original essays, and exclusive interviews with Coach Paterno, this beautiful 256-page full-color hardback edition explores the why behind We Are. It's chicken soup for the Nittany Lions' soul and makes the perfect gift for any Penn Stater in your life, including you. Order today at whypennstate.com. 